We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And you're tuned into Brunch Culture, the weekly millennial podcast where everything is up for discussion. Discussion, especially sleep. Um, because apparently that's re- the reason. Yeah, I've been going to sleep and trying to get eight hours, and that's the reason why I'm not rich. That's it. And I've been racking my brain saying, why am I not rich? Like, why am I not a millionaire? Because you sleep The, too the much. Kardashians, millionaires. They don't sleep. They stay up for just an hour. <laughs> they go to sleep yeah. for just an hour. And, you know, Jeezy tried to give us the keys. He said, I sleep when I die. And so, Survivor. Yeah, no, I remember that. It's so funny. It's so funny because this whole thing, uh, the, the clip of Steve Harvey, of course, coming out saying, like, you know, rich people don't sleep eight hours a day, right? <laughs> And it's funny because I don't know a whole bunch of rich people, right? <laughs> However, I think when I when I watched the clip, I was like, I remember being like 20 or 21. And hearing that, I probably would have been like, you know what? That's so true. Like, this makes so much sense. I need to I need to sleep less. Really, the problem is it's not that you need to sleep less, fam. It's that you need to be committed to being productive. So sometimes you might have to miss out on sleep, right? Because there's mm-hmm. a deadline you got to meet. There's something that, you know, you really need to do. Like you need to, let's say for brunch culture, we really need to put out the show. We need really need to edit. And I'm tired, but I got to get this done because it needs to go out tonight. Like stuff like that, that, I, that makes sense. But simply just saying that I'm not successful because I sleep, for eight hours like that just doesn't it's like if you you know if you start you get up at at 10 o'clock you mean there's people that started at six well what if you woke up at four and you get to work at six that don't that's not gonna guarantee you to make more money because like yeah you got and as and as a self-employed person i know this for a fact sometimes i wake up at nine but it's because i went to bed at three o'clock in that morning and i'm trying to get I'm trying to recoup my rest right. that I got so I could be productive for the rest of the day because yeah. I grinded out that time. And it's kind of like, it's not about necessarily, like you said, it's about being productive while you're woke. Exactly. Like, what are you doing with that time? Who, you know, who are you engaging with? What, what conversations are you having? What deals are you making? Like, I think it's, it's, it's about that. It's not, and it's sad though because I think people the the reason it really bothered me because of course it, people have been saying a lot of stuff about Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey's been in the news for multiple reasons, right? And you know, I I, I don't deny that that's that's it. But I was like, I mean that that's valid. When I saw the clip, I was like, I think the the real issue is though is that we're teaching that money and success is more valuable than your health. And I think that's problematic. Yeah, because I I know when I don't get rest, I'm on edge. You do, yeah, and I'm not creative. Like I'm I'm frustrated. You I'm feel on delirious. edge. Yeah, yes, and I'm like, 
everything's is heightened. Yeah. Like things, you become panicked. Yeah. It's like we got to do this. If we don't get it done, it's like no, you actually have two more weeks to get it done. Yeah. Like everything becomes heightened, and right. you're like frustrated. So it's like sometimes I go to sleep. So I can even manage my stress. Like it's nothing. Like I'm maxed out. It's like the only thing I can do right now is go to sleep. Yeah. Nothing is gonna get solved until I wake up tomorrow. Yeah, legit. It is a. It's a thing. We've. I, I remember telling you this one time. Like when I was like working the two jobs and I was like real short and I got real choppy with you. And I remember like one of my friends had pointed it out to me is like, yo, when I call you, when I hit you up, you legit have like an attitude. It seemed like you just so, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not even, I promise you I didn't feel like I had it, but it made sense because I was so ready to just get stuff done so that I can go to sleep. Cause I was so tired, but it's like, I have so much stuff to do. I just want to get it done. And it's like, yo, I'm not even my real self. Like I'm not, I can't even enjoy, not even enjoy the fruits of my labor. I can't enjoy the stuff that keeps me motivated to keep doing this. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I don't have enough mental space and capacity. Like, even, even now, like, I know if I'm sleep deprived, work is going to be, the things that I can just kind of let go, or I can kind of laugh off or you know, everybody, there's, there's something all the time. There are agitators in your life all the time those things I can't, I can't move past when I, when I don't have enough sleep. Like I'm for real, for real kind of stuck in this spot of like, this is bothering me and that's bothering me and that's there. And why is this this way? And this don't make no sense. And then this shouldn't should do this. Like I can't even get my mind together. So imagine being in that constant state because I have this belief that if I sleep more than eight hours, <laughs> I'm not going to make no money or I'm not going to be successful. I'm probably end up ruining deals and not going to be successful because I don't have my best self to present in these meetings or to present, you know, when I'm putting on insert, whatever it is, I'm creating my product or I'm putting in, putting on a show or whatever it is. Like I don't have, I'm not the real me. I'm not the mm-hmm. best version of me because I'm drained. I'm delirious. I can't really, you know, bring myself to a space to give out my best work because I'm, I'm sleep deprived. I think sometimes I think the biggest thing that I think I see with Steve Harvey, and of course, Steve, the clip with Steve Harvey is circulating. He's obviously not the first person to say it, but I think the problem is, is like when you present yourself as if like you have this simple key and it's like, this is just this really, really simple key without acknowledging that, yo, this might work for you in this space and time. In this time of your life, you might have so many different opportunities that you it makes sense for you to, to capitalize on. You are in a space where doing all of these things are going to lead to multiple legacies and, you know, putting all of these people on. And because one of the things I've heard all the time is that Steve Harvey does once he got into these positions, he started to help a lot of people get, you know, their own platforms. Like the Ricky Smiley show apparently is in large part a result of like Steve Harvey really advocating for Ricky to get the show, even when he had his own like morning show and his morning show was in a market that Ricky Smiley was trying to break into. So like, I respect him for that. And it's like, it's cool. But what you got to say is like, yo, in this moment, some, this season of my life, 
I am able to put sleep on the back burner. Am I going to get eight hours of sleep every night? Absolutely not. It just doesn't make sense. But I'm doing this for a reason. I can't, you know, plan the rest of my life of not getting eight hours of sleep or not getting adequate sleep. And I find ways to, you know, still get rest. So maybe I get five hours of sleep a night. But then in between shows, I get to take a 30 minute nap or 20 minute nap or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like. The problem is that you're not giving people the full story and you making it seem like you have all these things because you lack sleep. And it's like, that's that ain't it, cuz that can't be it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that just doesn't make sense. Because I'm like, if I don't get sleep, I'm like the Snicker commercial, you know, when they get angry. For real. I'm like, you're hungry, grab a Snicker. For real. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> sleep and grab a pillow. I, <laughs> like, yes, it is a, really that's it, especially post 30. I feel like I just, when I'm tired, I just got to go to bed. Like, I just, I don't want to hang out. I don't want to go out to dinner. Like, just let me go to sleep. For real, for real, post 30 is a whole, it's a whole new life. You, you know, you kind of heard, like, I heard people say that before. And I was like, man, y'all just be saying that. Like, it's just, it's really another age. I used to be able to, (laughs) I don't even, I used to be able to operate without a lot of sleep and still now I think I I'll push it to the limit. There'll be some nights that I'll, I might get like five hours of sleep and I'll like be okay. But literally after like noon, it's like, bro, you got to take a nap. You need a power nap. You need something. Cause this, this, the whole thing from the fall, <laughs> like, yeah. literally your body is about to collapse. Like, you need to do something. And ultimately it's just like, yo, this ain't this ain't healthy. Like I don't I just what's wrong with sleeping, cuz I like it. <laughs> My friend picks on me because I on Sundays I take a nap after you know, that Sunday nap is real. Mm-hmm. It's different than any other day. And she was like, I never heard of anybody take naps as much as you in the middle of the day. I'm like, hey. I need to be productive and I got to go to sleep right now. Right. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> I remember in undergrad, one of my homeboys, he legit in the middle of the day. I think his time frame was, it was from like 12 to one or one to two or something like that. He, he would schedule his classes so that he had like a two or three hour break. and He would go and get an hour nap in. Like, I don't care what we were doing. He was like, oh, I got to go. I got to go to my apartment. He lived on campus. He's like, I got to go to my apartment. I'll see y'all in like an hour and 20. And it was like, wait, what? Like, what's happening? Oh, I got to take my nap. <laughs> and I was like, you take a nap in the middle of the day? He was like, you don't? <laughs> and I was like, no, I think no. What college student is legit taking a nap? But like, that was his thing. He scheduled. He was like, I put my schedule together. I prioritize my nap. Nothing comes before my nap. I don't care what it is. Like (laughs) if this class is only available during this time, I'm going to have to take it another semester or we're going to have to figure something else out because I, I cannot miss my nap time. (laughs) It was so funny. And I was like, so you legit go home and go to sleep. He was like, sometimes it's not even going to sleep. It's about me. Like just getting, you know, in my space by myself and kind of like refocusing my energy. And I was like, dang, man, that's so cool. Like, and then yeah. I, you know, became a professional and realized them 20 minute power naps is like, this will change your life. I, I read about a couple CEOs that take naps in the middle of the day and they just have like a space in their office mm-hmm. where they can take a nap and it helps them like one actually takes a two hour nap 
during the day at work in his office. His secretary knows, and he's like a millionaire. I mean, almost a billionaire. And it's like, wow. he just takes a nap. He's like, he has to, that's how he, he's the most creative and like at his best when he's rested. When he's rested. Huh. I take that. No eight hours of sleep, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, because there's a lot of rich people that just go to go to bed. Because isn't that the goal? Not to I knew, not to beat this in the head, but isn't that like the goal? Like, I, I just imagine people that are wealthy are not. Once you get to that place of being wealthy, your goal is not to just I can't go to sleep because I won't be wealthy no more. It's like no, like I'm working this hard so that eventually I can enjoy the fruits of my labor, and then my family can enjoy the fruits of my labor. I, I imagine people aren't doing this just so that they can be stuck in this rat race of not getting enough sleep. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And if God rests on the seventh day, I can rest. Oh, my That's first, second, saying. third, fourth, and fifth day. I feel like I can. He done already did the work. Yeah. <laughs> that means I can rest every day. Every day. Like, it just, it just makes sense. I just, like, you know, I just. Why not? But. Okay. Speaking of God, Megan is not going to his house um, as often. You like that segue? I really like that. I felt like I that went. So you said Megan. I was like, who is Megan? <laughs> <laughs> Completely like, missed it. Okay, I got it. I see, what you, I see what you did there. I see what you did. I was like, who is Megan? <laughs> she's she's not going to his house gotcha. as often now because um people have been judging her because she's married to a preacher and she dresses the way she dresses and says something about her being an actress and rolling around with half naked men in the movie shout out to uh that movie though that movie was good you enjoyed I saw it, that right? sunday yeah, yeah I it was really it. good. I, I was shocked. Yeah, see, I was like, "Wow, I this is good." Dennis Quaid made me never want to buy a house in Napa Valley. <laughs> like, y'all can have it. And Megan, I wanted to slap her several times during that movie. I was like, "Girl, several times, absolutely." I was like, "Girl, this nigga." Well, he. <laughs> it just got real 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 it just got real 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 <laughs> so she it. yeah i don't know I, I i yeah but it was a good it was a good movie yeah i definitely i definitely enjoyed it i actually even the part like her stupidity in that movie it made sense but it was it was a really good movie though i really enjoyed it yeah. So back to the matter at hand. You know, she was running around Michael Ely in that movie. They probably was upset about that. Yes, but baby. anyway, the point I was making after I messed up, y'all, I didn't mean, I do use the word, but I didn't mean to refer to Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, goodness got off course but she's not going as much because she feels like christians are judgmental and she said her spirit is really sensitive and she can't take it so she doesn't go um my first reaction so i had several reactions i was like dang like 
for her, I'm like, you in Hollywood. So if you feel like church is like more harsher than Hollywood, right. then dang, I need to reevaluate like <laughs> how these church people act. Because <laughs> if y'all got Hollywood beat, and I know Hollywood is brutal, then we got to reevaluate that. Yeah. So I saw reactions to people saying like some people I know in particular, like saying like church heals and all the healthy stuff that happens in church. And I, I agree with that to an, to an extent because I do think the church, it has done a lot um, for community, for the U S across the globe. But I do think that us automatically running to how the church has helped people in the face of how the church has hurt people is, it's kind of the whole thing with black lives matter Blue lives matter. Right. And black lives matter. All lives matter. It's like when somebody says they've been hurt by church, jumping to, oh, the church has done so many great things reminds me of what we're saying, especially when minorities do it, because it's like you were just saying that you that you wanted people to understand white people to understand that you're not saying white people don't matter. You're saying that in this society, black people have been marginalized and treated as less than human. So we want to lift up that black lives matter. Right. And so I think not address because it, it damages, it re-traumatizes a person Yeah. because it's like, you shouldn't be upset with this or you shouldn't be hurt by this because of all this help that the institution has done. Yeah. It's like people feel like the way to respond to something is that you you automatically have to say you got to promote the opposite. The way to, to like protect something is like, you know what? I got to I got to come in and, and, and say the opposite is true. Like, oh, oh, you said that, that you were hurt by this. Well, I was helped by this. Like, yo, yo nobody's denying the fact that people were helped by this. And I, it was funny is in, in Megan Goods. I actually watched like an extended clip and she didn't she doesn't shy away from that right she doesn't she was like yo we are the church is supposed to be a place to, of love and and, and non-judge not judgment and so i think and 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 even in like other in, interviews she's talked about you know the way that like her faith has helped her and uh you know the, the people her being loved on by like church people how it's helped her so it's it's interesting that that would be the the response the response then becomes like i got to I got to promote the opposite. I think specifically in what she's saying, and I think it was actually really kind of, to me, it was a good thing that she, she talked about it because she is uh, married to a preacher and she's married to somebody that is consistently like celebrated um, in, in that faith space. And even in being married, she still is working through what it means to be hurt in that way, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was like I thought it was like super dope that she she spoke about it. But then also she's like she acknowledged uh, I want to say in the clip she ends up saying like, you know, I know that there's there's growth that has to come along that comes along, along with it just just quite naturally. And there's also areas that, you know, I need to be held accountable for. So it's like she's not denying that like, oh, I'm 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 coming in here and I'm perfect and nobody can say anything to me. It's like, no, it's not that. But it's just like the way that you approach me, the things that you say, the the type of quote unquote judgment that you not even quote unquote, the type of judgment that you give to me, like <clears throat> it comes from a very ill place. And I don't know if you saw the one string, somebody had put together like a string. There was this one um, interview that they were doing um, 
uh, Megan Good and Devon Franklin, they were doing this interview and there was a lady in the audience that basically came up and was like, she wasn't going to come because she had saw an image of uh, Megan Good and she had like her boobs, she was showing her boobs or you could see her boobs and she was just like, I wasn't going to come out of judgment, but God helped me push past the judgment and I'm here to tell you that you're beautiful. And she said something and she was like, so we going to cover up? Right. And then Devon Franklin like stepped in. And I I remember watching that clip. I think it came out a couple years ago, but I remember watching it and just being like, yo, how inappropriate are you? Like, you honestly should have just stayed home. If you saw a picture (laughs) of this lady and you saw her boobs and that was enough to make you not come to an event to hear like her testimony, then you shouldn't have came. Like, mm-hmm. no. And she was like, no, the Lord, you know, the Lord pushed me through and just had me come here to say something to you. And it's like, the Lord ain't do that, lady. And I wish we could see, like, what the lady looked like. Because I was like, honestly, she probably looks super bummy, bummy. Like, it seems like those types of things come more from a, like, a personal insecurity. Like, what you're personally not able to do or you feel bad about. Or you are, and I, I remember hearing, um... <clears throat> one preacher say this before is like once you get older you start judging people younger people for the same things that you did when you were young and the Mm -hmm. only difference is you don't have the body to do it no more Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so if it comes to like oh you know y'all out here having all this sex and it's like yo you 70 years old your body just can't even if you wanted to you can't do it Like you keep talking. I don't about know because in the nursing home, you know that's the AIDS epidemic because they going because they had those blue pills. <laughs> yeah, because it's just it's <laughs> how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those blue pills be real. <laughs> Listen, so with my granddad, he had the uh, um, they had the they caught the heart attack before it happened, but he had to get the tri- double uh, bypass triple bypass surgery. Uh huh. And he had to go into a rehab facility um, for a couple weeks to recover. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, a lady rode in with her wheelchair and he had to kick her out of his room. You know what? Have a nice <laughs> life, Lisa. I wish you the best. <laughs> and my granddaddy was telling me, he was like, the women was hitting on me. And I said, I'm married. Oh. Uh, She gave me, she, 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 she wheeled you with a wheelchair. She gave me, she came and said, you know what? I'm about to get that one. That one right there, daddy, granddaddy came in. Just about it on Sunday because it was like, she, Jesus. you know, well, you got to roll with one, one leg. You know, you got to put. My God, today. She came willing in. She just knew it. She said, you know what? That one came in walking. He <laughs> got no wheelchair. I mean, he can help me get up at my wheelchair. Oh, it's on. <laughs> wow. 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 How did we even so, get on this, yo? What is what's happening? <laughs> unrelated. You was talking about the old people and that, yeah. But I think what it is is that with, for Megan Good, for church women, when you've taught, when you've been taught that you have to 
dress a certain way, be a certain way to get a godly man. And the ideal godly man goes and gets a woman that is the opposite of the ideal. Mm-hmm. Then you, you feel a way. Yeah. I guess I get it, but it just seems so like, first off, Megan Good is like, I think, and, and she actually made a point. I was listening to, I want to say maybe the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. And she said this was her first sex scene. Like, she'd never done a sex scene in a movie. And people were like, wait, really? And I, I too, remember being like, wait, she's never done one? And I was like, whoa, if you think about it, she has not, though. Like, and then I started to think, too, like, I guess she has been sexualized. She's been, like, the object of, like, the... The, she's been a fine woman. She's had like, you know, a lo- low cut sh- shirt or some booty shorts to like her stomach out. But mm-hmm. it's like, it's a movie. <laughs> like, I don't, to me, and I always, it's it's crazy too because I felt bad for it because I was like, dang, these people are kind of judging you based on like these characters you play. But then also we we will talk about how, you know, there's not like a lot of roles for black women there are not a lot of opportunities in Hollywood for black women. Um, and so many times you have black actresses that are taking for, and they're taking what they can get, right? Like she's working, mm-hmm. she's a working actress. And of course she's young, you know, she has a nice body. She's fit. Of course, you know, she's going to be placed in that role. Cause they was like, Hey, sex sales, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But imagine doing that for your work and then people feeling like, Oh, this is who you are as a person. And I do remember even her doing an interview one time and saying like, when they were talking about um, them waiting <clears throat> to have sex until marriage. And she was saying like, she had had sex before and people kept saying like, Oh, you know, he had to like, help her not be a hoe no more. And I was like, dang, like she never said she was a hoe. She just said she wasn't a virgin. Like she said when she was in a relationship, she had sex. Haven't all y'all done that? Like, is that like something that most people do? It's not, but it was just crazy to me. Cause it's like, you kind of get automatically all of this stuff associated with you based on characters you you've played and you've never even had an, a sex scene until this movie that came out in 2019. And so people are judging you as this like hypersexual salacious, you know, you think it was the King magazine. I think that was what it did it. I don't put... Was she on King Magazine? And that's when they, they made her like... Because I think she was... Was she considered a child star? And then like King Magazine was her transition? Was it considered a child? I know she started when she was a kid, but I don't know if... Because uh, I'm trying to figure a... out when she got hyper-sexualized, if she didn't really do any like roles like that. But I think it's because of her... I think it's because of her... It's just the the role like she was like the she was the sex symbol in the movies. I'm looking honestly, I'm looking at her King magazine uh cover and she's in a bikini. <laughs> she's actually in like a little mini skirt and a cut off shirt. She's showing like her abs. I guess I've just seen I've seen I But even... I guess back then maybe that was a thing cuz I mean now they show everything, but I don't I don't know about like you think back then that was big? No, this was what what year was this? This was J Lo and Sean Paul, so this had to be two thousand five. 
Maybe. No. Mm. <laughs> That's not like. Yeah, because you just said J Lo, and I remember and like I'm real and all that. Yeah, she had the same thing. Yeah, this is 2005. I, I think it literally is because she's been viewed in so many movies as like super sexy and people would go for that. But I, I don't, I'm not connecting anything that she's done that says like, oh, she's. You know, she a thought. She's just out here sleeping with everybody. I don't even remember her being linked in her personal life to like dating a bunch of different people. Yeah, so, just at the like, public. Yeah, so it's just to me, it's real. It's it's real. It real. It's real sad, and I actually really just feel bad for her overall because it's like, yo, people have taken you know roles that you've played and things that you've done, and they've made it way more than what it is and something that probably is not your character but then you find yourself having to justify those things having to say like you know oh i wasn't a virgin and then i did expect to have sex with him and it's like those are things that most people that's kind of how they feel right like how many people are in relationships and are like oh yeah we waiting until marriage it's not a lot of people that's out here doing it, right? <laughs> so it's definitely it's, the anomaly. Yeah, and so it's like so, to somehow have this woman that is doing what everybody else is doing, and it's just that she's played characters, and for people to kind of automatically associate it, and she gets kind of scrutinized. It's you know, it's really sad. And for me, her making that statement, I was like, I just completely understand. I understand why you like, hey, you know, I go to church, obviously, but I'm not, I'm not there all the time because. I, I, I can't deal with that, right? Because I think no matter how confident you get, how much you understand, how much you work through stuff, certain things can be triggering. And I think going into a space where, you know, somebody maybe side-eyes you or <laughs> says somehow or insinuates somehow that you're not worthy enough of this godly man because you are a sexy actress and you like, because I literally... I just did this year a sex scene. And she also said in the, the clip that I saw, she was like, they asked her, was like, yo, how does Devon feel about like when you do like a, when you had to do the sex scene? And she was like, I call him and I was nervous. And I told him like, you know, I'm really nervous. I'm about to do it. Like, you know, I just kind of want to talk to you about it. And he's like, hey, make sure it seems real. Make sure like it comes across authentic. Like it needs to see real because that's what's going to keep people like interested that's what that's what's going to help people really like believe the character and believe the relationship of the two characters wait what <laughs> so she's getting a flag and her preacher husband is telling her to make it look real <laughs> what yeah i don't it, it blows my mind yeah and i think people have to understand that you know i'm a pr- proponent of church you know i'm i i I'm an apologist. It's part of my, <laughs> that's church, God, Christianity. That's a part of my job. But I do understand the trauma that comes with being hurt by somebody in the church. Right. And I just shared before we started on a recording with you that I even like if you listen to our episode before we talked about like shady preachers and I talked about my personal experience. I can conceptualize that not all preachers are bad. Right. I have. My father is a testimony and other countless men that I know. But that experience was so traumatizing to me. I don't want to date or marry one. Right. And it's like rationally, I could tell you that not all are bad. But 
I just can't bring myself to date one right now. And maybe I, you know, I could end up marrying one. I don't know. I don't know what the end holds. Yeah. But it is very, very difficult. And so I think we have to understand that, that traumas can be very, very hard to work through. And this is years I'm still processing this. Um, And so, yeah, it it is, is you, you have to give people that space to process those traumas. Yeah. Yeah. You got to work through your stuff, man. It it don't happen overnight. And a lot of that stuff is, is rooted deep and it's, it's a, it happens multiple times. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's some things that are ending in this world. Um, Empire uh, is ending. Star is ending. And what else? Other black shows ending? Uh, Rail ended. Um, oh, yeah. I never Marlin, watched it. Marlin ended. Uh, so, I, is it is it bad that I didn't think Rail was going to make it? You didn't when think he started? Oh, why didn't you think he was going to make it? I don't know. I just, I felt like if the Carmichael show couldn't make it, then he because Carmichael oh, you show mean was real, amazing. Not like the actor himself. You're, I mean, no, I'm talking himself. about the You're show. saying the show. Yeah, I think he's dope. But I didn't think the show, I was like, man, if the Carmichael show didn't make it, because I'm still mad that they took the Carmichael show. Yeah, like, the show Carmichael show was hilarious. It was really good. But it was, it was, it was Gerard Car- Carmichael that ended it, which was, yeah, I mean. Oh, he did that to us? Yeah, he's, he's the reason that the show ended. He said he didn't want to do it anymore. Um, he wanted to focus on other things. Selfish, he had some like yeah he had some other ideas <laughs> i was actually i was really rooting for rail's show though because um I, because he was on the carmichael show and i thought it was super good and i do remember them saying like a lot of like um he and tiffany haddish's lines on the carmichael show a lot of their um scenes together were improv and mm-hmm. so I I thought it was like super good. I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. And so he has other comedians, obviously, on his show. So it's gonna be good. Admittedly, though, I tried to watch like I watched maybe a couple episodes, and it didn't like pull me in per se. Um, but it was it obviously it's like the first two. So I watched the pilot and maybe like the next episode. And do you think Jess hilarious had anything to do with that with her comments? I doubt it because I feel like okay. yeah I feel like if the if it was you know ratings wise if it was really good I mean if anything they would can't they would like replace her <laughs> put somebody else in her place um so I don't know I don't necessarily know if it, it's that I will say though I think that when it comes to comedies now in today's time because like I, I hear a lot of people talk about like the last OG which is uh Oh, uh, with Tiffany Haddish and oh, what's the man he got in the car accident? Yeah, that, I can't. I didn't enjoy that. I, I watched like I watched like a pilot episode of that too, and for me it was kind of like um. Uh, but I I hear a lot of people talk about how good it is, how much they enjoy it. Sometimes I feel like so comedy is was one of those things. What makes it funny is that we can relate to it, right? And so mm-hmm. I think certain things, if people cannot necessarily relate to it, it's kind of hard for them to go and. We're in a time where there's a lot of shows out here. There's a lot of content. I mean, I literally have gotten to a point where I was just like, okay, I don't need no more shows. Like, for real, for real, I don't need any more shows. When Game of Thrones goes off, then I'll have some space for more shows. But you want to keep up with stuff. Social media makes it so that you almost have to watch these things as they occur. 
Um, when they spoil it exactly, and so it's like it is kind of hard to find room and a space for for something. So I I kind of get it. I I I am seeing people though talk about like those shows being canceled. Um, Star, uh, a real. Um, Marlon Wayans show apparently was uh, was canceled. There was another show with um, I think it was like Fam or the Family, not the Family. It was it was um, there was like a couple other shows that had like black leads in it that people were saying. Oh, Lethal Weapon was one of them, and there's some other show that people were saying like, you know, is this the the beginning of like black leads and black content can um ending how it did happen in the early 2000s and i want to say that i hope not uh i feel like we have a lot of people your ava duvernay's your lena waits that are in you know creator writer positions and they have shows that are really successful that i don't think that i don't want to say we don't it's bulletproof but i think i don't think that this is the tip i think it's you know maybe these shows are just being canceled but i do believe that those people obviously are going to work again and they're going to probably create something else and people will flock to it so yeah and i i am these are not black shows but i'm also devastated that they're now no longer with us they're leaving after this season suits and criminal minds and you know how i feel about both of them Wait, isn't Criminal Minds, isn't that like the show that's been on for like 20 years or something like that? It's been on a long time and they canceling it. Um, this is the final season. <sighs> we lost a lot of people along the way. Yeah. But I've seen every episode. I'm sorry. And multiple times. And I watch it over and over and over again. And um, I'm really devastated by that. I just really found that out in the last two weeks. And, uh, well, I know Criminal Minds definitely is your it's, that's your thing. That's, and suits, yeah. you do like yeah, you do like suits. I don't, I never got into suits. I don't really like do. those are the two things on the Wednesday night that like compete for my time because they come on at the same time. Yeah. <sighs> so I have to like choose which one I'm gonna watch and then which one I'm gonna watch on demand. Well, prayers for suits and Criminal Minds. We hope yes. we'll make it. Now you can watch Game of Thrones. I still gotta watch that. I, I've been watching the episodes. They didn't really catch me, but somebody told me. I mean, I've seen on my timeline that these episodes aren't good. So, I think people only think they're not good because their story is not going the way that they wanted them to go. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's. I've it. seen the last two episodes because I've been at my friend's house when they on and I, they watching it. So I don't know what's going on. And so for majority of the time, I'm just scrolling through social media while I saw because I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what's, I don't know the backstory. So it's kind of like, and they're not going to tell me. It's like walking in on a thing of spades and asking them how to play. Yeah. Nobody don't want to tell you. Yeah. You just got to be quiet and pay attention to see if you can catch on. <laughs> and if you can't, let's just move on. I still don't know how to play spades. I learn and forget. Or immediately. Trump. Or Trump. What is it? Tonk? Trump. She said Trump. Tonk. Um, yeah, it, it's so it's, it's really sad. I'm, I'm sure people probably going to go in and, on us for this. I learn how to play spades and then I always forget. And then when I go somewhere, I'll be like, oh, I kind of remember. Let's play. And then people be like, kind of remember. Nah, we not playing. So I know you're not supposed to renege. And I don't know what that means. But 
people get really upset when people do it. That's what I've noticed by observing space. I guess we keep paying know, attention and we'll get there. I, I know how to play Uno, but apparently triple stones and trains is not Uno. Did you see Uno releasing like what you're not supposed to do this week? I or last pay, week? I'm not paying attention to any of that stuff. I feel like that's stupid. Why are you... We've been doing this for years. Forget you, Uno. Like you cannot put a you cannot put a a draw two on a draw four. So we're just not playing the game. We're just not going to play the game if uh, <laughs> if we have to follow those rules. I'm good. But we'll the thing them. about the thing about Uno, though, especially in middle school, I feel like people used to get out in one hand, like at one turn, they'd be like triple doubles, train skip, <laughs> Uno out. That's it. That's how you're supposed to do it. Well, you never really... Nobody ever gets to play when you're doing that. Yes, you do. Everybody gets to play. Yeah. I think it's great. (laughs) I think it's great. (laughs) Well, y'all tell us how y'all think about what y'all think about. How y'all play Uno? Hashtag ChatBC. We'll be back with our... No, not Toaster Rose. Our main dish. Right, it's time to get into our main dish for this week. This week we are talking about the infamous backlash from Aisha's Curry's Red Table Talk discussion. So if you guys, I'm sure if you haven't been under a rock, Aisha Curry sat down with Jada Pickett Smith for the uh, Red Table Talk, and I, th- I believe it was, it was her like mother-in-law and some other people. Yeah, because um, all them married to NFL players. That's crazy. Right. And I so, mean, no, NBA. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all on the show, and they're discussing, you know, things about their experience and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Aisha Curry says that, in a, in, in a nutshell, um, there's a clip that comes out, because I think most, most people are commenting from the clip. So the clip comes out, and it shows Aisha Curry saying that she feels a bit insecure, um, considering the number of women that are always going after Steph Curry. And she was like, she thinks she, it makes her feel insecure because she doesn't get like the same attention. And this caused the internet to go into a frenzy. People are talking about it. Of course, you know, memes start and those things are funny, but a lot of people are criticizing Aisha Curry and basically saying that she needs to focus on her husband. Why does she even care? about the attention for other men. She has all of these things. Um, she has the life. I was uh, listening to the Ricky Smiley Morning Show, and one of the people said, like, she has the life that most single women want. She has everything that most single women um, want, which is, you know, a husband that makes that has a good career, um, that has that loves her and loves his kids and put his family first and she has like this perfect life and she's busy worried about whether men you know on the street are lusting after her et cetera et cetera et cetera and so it kind of caused you know this whole stir of, of everybody talking and getting it going and so it's kind of made me think like do people misinterpret what she's saying are these feelings valid like was she actually really saying that and wanting to have a discussion too just kind of about what it means to actually be vulnerable in a public space and what it means to uh have those kind of conversations and should that have been something that she should have kept to herself or she 
you know, was she wrong for even putting that out there? Um, because people are responding, of course, to what she said. I think the most obvious response, the, the, the response that I saw over and over again was people saying, like, shut up about Aisha Curry. But she's the one that put the comments out there. So you can't get mad for people responding to something that you said. So we just want to talk about it and, and, and dissect it. How do you feel about it? So I was just surprised that people even went, picked that part to go in on from the interview. I watched the whole interview. I'm a huge fan of Red Table Talk. Jada Pickett has created something that I think is amazing. And so when it when I saw the uh, previews, I was excited. I watched it the same day it came out. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the next day that it had blew up like that, I was just like, out of all she said, that's what y'all got? Um, and then I realized after talking to several people that most of the people like, I think legit the interview at that time last week had got 4 million views. It might have been up to 8 million. And I'm like, this is a trending topic with like the clip having much, much more views than the actual whole interview. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like. Even with the excitement, people didn't go back and watch the whole interview. It was crazy. It's like one of her uh, lowest rated episodes. And so, um, and I'm sure over time it'll increase, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like when she interviewed Sheree or when she interviewed Will, like they went like skyrocket immediately. And so um, I just felt like, why did y'all zone in on that part? And I really felt bad because in the context of what she was saying, she was talking about how she was on um, anti-anxiety medicine, how she had had a series of panic attacks and how like a woman had basically ambushed um, her in the car. And basically they were, the family was together and Stefan was out the side the car and they were like about to get, she was in the car and a fan, a woman opened up the car and was looking in and trying to look at her her newborn baby. Oh wow. And she was like, ma'am, like, what are you doing? And she was like, girl, you know what she signed up for? Um, and she was like, that really gave her anxiety. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That a woman felt like that emboldened to open up your car door because your husband is Stephen Curry. And say, when you ch- when you called her, you s- called her out on it, she said, you know what you signed up for. Uh no, she signed up to marry the love of her life, not to be ambushed by random women. <laughs> right? What is that? That's what I'm like. Yo, what does that have to do with anything? What are you talking about? Um. So she, she I guess people like you married as somebody that's a celebrity, not realizing that when you started dating them, they've been together since high school. Like they were like teenage loves. So when she started dating him, she didn't expect him to be who he is now. Yeah. Even so, um, what does that have to do with you coming and looking at my baby? Because the whole other side <laughs> thing, but all right. So from that moment, from that, she started having anxiety because it was just, it became overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, like, I don't know what it is to be married. I, first of all, I don't know what it is to be married. I'm not married. But number two, I don't know what it is to be married to a mega star. Like, He's like one of the biggest NBA players out right now. Right. And his face is everywhere. So I don't know what it is to be married to that. So just that alone probably gives you anxiety. The number of women, the history of NBA men cheating, um, just that whole life is another world. So to be 
catapulted and tossed in that it's probably like an outer body experience Mm -hmm. and it's so crazy because i think about like i have no celebrity at all um none whatsoever there are people that know me in my field and we are growing at at a nice pace but sometimes i feel like i'm having an out-of-body experience when we're having big things happen like you know what i'm saying and i'm like on the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. So I can't imagine if I'm feeling like this isn't real sometimes in my little space, how much more does she feel like, is this real? This is like stuff happens so fast. It's like, you're not, you can't even live in the moment sometimes. Cause right. it's like, it's just too much. And so how does that affect you? And so she's talked about how she was having anxiety and anxiety attacks and she had to get medicine. And now she's being more open with Steph and her friends to let them know, let them know when she's overwhelmed and to get over help and manage the anxiety attacks. Cause she said she was having them all the time. And so, and it all started with this woman like barging into her thing. Like, um, and so, so she said, said all that to say, she said that as a follow up comment. Um, and so it's kind of like, man, this lady like bared her soul and talked about like, she didn't have to share that she takes medicine. Like that's very personal, but she was just letting people inside of her life a little glimpse because people want you to be real. And she's probably tired of hearing people thinking her life is picture perfect. So she wants to give like a level of vulnerability. So people know, like my life is not perfect. I'm struggling too, just like you. And then they go crucify you for it. Yeah. It's just like, you can't win. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I think contextually, like so many of us didn't have that. Right. Because I didn't watch the full interview. Um, I just watched the clip. But for me, even from the clip, I felt the same way you did. I was just like, I don't think she said that. (laughs) y'all. Like I I kept it it was kind of it was crazy because I actually heard the commentary uh, from the Ricky Smiley Morning Show before I actually saw the clip. Later on, I saw the clip and I was like, oh, that's all she said. (laughs) Um, I think she's just kind of having like a real moment and, and, and talking about like an insecurity that she she has. And this is what it comes from. And I don't think it was a, oh, my gosh, I want, you know, I want the male attention, but it's kind of like as a just she's a human being. She's normal. Uh, She's regular, just like all of us. She sees her partner get all of this attention. And so many people, you know, are after him. She, too, is kind of in the spotlight, whether it's because of him or not she shares uh she has a platform in a public space and she starts to wonder like yo do people am i like you know a, as good of a catch as he is like i, I think to me that was a very normal moment what i un, un, immediately thought though i was like i don't think people i think oftentimes it's hard to hear somebody uh be vulnerable and talk about insecurity and because it, it makes you have to think about you having a similar insecurity. It makes you think about insecurity. And I think so often what we want to do, and, and I, I want to say in the age of social media, but I don't think it was just in the age of social media 
um, that this happens. But I think that it's kind of heightened because we all have these platforms, uh, no matter how big or small they are, we all have these platforms where we are putting our best foot forward and we have it all together in the space of this platform. And so if you go to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is, nobody is telling you about like their real struggle. Everybody has it together on the, in these spaces. And so if you hear somebody that also has a platform, start talking about an insecurity that they have or something that seems like a little jealousy um, not saying like she, you know, I, oh, I'm better than him. It literally is just like, hey, I'm a human being. I feel a bit of like I kind of question myself. I think hearing somebody say that in the space of you being online and being in your I'm invincible, I'm invincible, I have no insecurities platform. It's hard to hear somebody say that you want to push back on that because it's like, well, if you have that, then I of course that I have that thing, too. And I'm so everybody wants to reject it. And I think that I I feel I felt initially like I think that's what people are responding to. I think that's why it's so hard for people to do that, because it, to me, it just made no sense. I was like, y'all, she did not say that at all. Now, I was listening to another podcast and um, they brought up the point of, I guess, in the past, she has uh, made statements or tweeted about, you know, people, uh, men giving, showing her attention or men like, uh, uh, hollering at her, telling her that she, you know, she's beautiful, she fine or whatever it is. And her basically saying like, you know, I'm a married woman, so you shouldn't do this and, uh, have some respect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now I do remember her making the statements about, you know, her dressing, there being what I think I think what she said was like what happened to women dressed in like wholesome women or good women or something like that and kind of the internet you know going in on her for making that statement so people were basically essentially the podcast they're making a point that it's hypocritical for her to say that I am I feel insecure because I don't get the same or I don't get attention in the way that he gets attention when you've essentially kind of been on a campaign or at least publicly stated i'm married respect my marriage and don't do this or i'm a woman that dresses like a classy woman and almost position yourself as if you were kind of like the good version of a woman and then you're wondering why you don't get the attention it kind of is like well something comes along with that you're asking for one thing but then feeling bad for another i completely get that that position um I think we have to, you know, self-analyze ourselves. But I think that to me, engaging her in that way or saying like, hey, remember when you said this? Have you ever, you know, made the connection that maybe uh, this isn't happening because of the positions you've taken, you know, three years ago, five years ago, whatever it was? I think to me, that would make more sense. But legit, people are just like, oh, she want another man. She got on this show saying she want another man. And how is she doing it? And I was like, yo, she didn't say that. (laughs) It was it was was so crazy because I think for for uh, I heard somebody say this and I was like, that could be true, too. Um, The fact that, you know, there's so many people aspiring to get where she is. And for her to say it's not enough makes people feel like they're working for nothing. Mm. And I was like, you know, that could be a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If people are telling you, like, I remember um, Jim Carrey said, I wish everybody could 
get to be rich so they'll know that it won't make them happy. Mm. And it's kind of like I think sometimes when we see people with the life we want and they still say there's these deficiencies, it makes us feel like, what are we working for? Right. Um, so that could be a thing. But I, I, I do know that it was interesting. So when Steph came out in support of his wife saying, you know, basically kind of sh- shedding light, like I know I, I basically know what she was saying and I'm not offended by it and I support my wife 100%. Like, back off. Yeah. A dude, like, legit, I saw responded to that because somebody, a, a girl that I know in my timeline posted that and she was like, you know, if he's okay, dude should be okay. Mm. The dude was like, oh, that's photoshopped. It's photoshopped. And I posted... I posted it's amazing that people are attacking Aisha and not attacking Jada, who said that she felt the same way for years and in her marriage with Will. And she said that immediately following up what Aisha said. And a guy tweeted me and said Jada was lying. And okay. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I'm now. like, I can't deal with you. Right? <laughs> right, right. Okay, he was so. like, she's doing what a good host does. She okay. she she didn't feel that way. And I'm like, do you understand <laughs> yeah. what the red table talk is? Like she's been completely honest about her issues with Will and how she didn't even want to be married to him at one point right. any longer. And you're gonna say she made that up? And I mean what I was gonna say, like what I mean what what does she get out of just making that up in that very moment? You know what I mean? Like it didn't it yeah. wasn't I didn't make... even respond to him because I was like, you know what? It's no winning with you guys. Because I see right <laughs> yeah. now the way you just responded. <laughs> That I don't, you're not even worth my time. Yeah, like, you're not. You, just, you, 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 real talk for real, for real. You're not really caring about. <laughs> it's just not making logical sense, guys. <laughs> I think that I, th- I think though, I, I feel and, and like to the point of you saying like it's because people, it's like that's what people are working to and aspiring to, and her making that statement or or seeing anything in that ballpark, it says like, well what am I supposed to get? Like, where am I supposed to fit in? Like, how do I, you know, look to achieve that? I think people also are just, because I, I, the thing that I, I saw immediately, like going to the comments and like looking at the comments where a lot of people were just kind of like, I knew their relationship was fake. I knew she wasn't really happy. You know, they, they parade themselves to be perfect. And obviously it's not perfect. It can't be too perfect. If she, you know, wants to be, uh, she wants the attention of other men. And again, I don't, I don't feel like that's what she said. I don't feel like that's what she got. But one of the things I thought I was like, I think it is, they they feel perfect they seem perfect i don't follow either of them so i mean my personal like knowledge of what they put out really comes from if it's in the headline then maybe but other than that i i don't really know um i know that they talk openly about being christians i know that there are a number of people that you know have issues with christians um i know that they do have this you know kind of fairy tale story it, it appears they're high school sweethearts uh they you know are are devout christians they you know read the bible and, and and tote the bible and and quote the bible and all of these things and so i can see i can definitely see people 
feeling like I just need that one thing that that human uh, that makes you human because you seem unreal and you seem like just completely unrelatable. Um, but it just to me, it seems just it, it seems like a, a reach, a complete reach to pull out that she's not satisfied with her husband or she somehow wants to be with other men. I just think, I think for me, I was just like, yo, this seems normal. I think one of the things that we fail to do is acknowledge and be, and we're, we're not honest with ourselves when we feel insecure about something, when something happens and it makes us question like where we stand. I think that's a natural thing. That doesn't mean that, you know, that feeling, you're going to give it power. You're going to feel like that all the time. I think it legit is just something that it happens. Like it, it really happens. I remember um, you and I having this uh, conversation before. And I remember when like things really started to pop with uh, Jude three. And I remember telling you like, Hey, I, like, are you, you cool with still doing brunch culture? Like, how do you feel about this? And to me, I recognize, yo, there's an insecurity in me of not like, oh, I don't want you to be successful. I'm jealous. You just start to kind of think like, where do we fit in into this thing? And I think that is normal. I think most people do that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it is. But most people don't say it. And that's the thing. They can't overcome it because they don't say it. And it's it's weird, too, because it's like, well, how do you expect to overcome it? And in this space of Aisha Curry, because it was... I kept asking, I remember thinking, I was like, well, should she have not just said anything? Because people were like, she should have just kept her mouth closed. And I was like, should she have not? And I was like, "Ah." I didn't watch the whole interview. But honestly, this seemed like, to me, this was a a moment where she was being very transparent and authentic. And And that's the nature of Red Table. Yeah. And it creates (laughs) an opportunity for other people to search their self and say, Dang, here is Aisha Curry that has all of these things and she still can feel the degree of insecurity. And she's married to the guy for whatever, insert whatever reasons. Where in my life may I, you know, kind of have an insecurity or feel a certain way? And this should empower me to be able to talk about it so I can move on. Because I think it's unrealistic to say that we are not, we all haven't, felt we we feel something like you can just be doing amazing in your career and doing great things and be doing exactly what you want to do and you're so in love with it there still is a degree of insecurity that comes up i don't think there's any wrong anything wrong with saying that even if that insecurity comes from you know the attention that you get she's a she's a a very beautiful woman she's a very attractive woman i'm quite sure she is used to getting a certain amount of attention one of the things we talk about, too, if you start talking about like thinking about like older people um, or even like ourselves, if you're somebody that is used to going out in the space and you're used to getting attention, you're used to, you know, somebody commenting on how you look, how you dress, you being attractive or a catch or whatever. When that stops, not that you are looking for it, but if you don't get it at the same capacity, it just makes sense that you start being like, fam, what happened? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she just had three children. She has three. Just so you're to gonna yeah. your, your body, that whole postpartum, all of that is real. So yeah, so, so to me it was just like, how y'all didn't get that, man? Like, did it not make sense? Because <laughs> it just it just immediately made sense to me. Because I think and, and Candace member wrote a blog 
uh, she wrote the 443 blog that we did a podcast on, but she also wrote a blog talking about how she had to check herself because she was seeing Aisha through the lenses of the quote unquote. And I didn't, I didn't realize that this was a t- thing of terminology, but a pick me. So the women that kind of get the good dudes, they're labeled the pick me girls that seem mm. like the perfect girls. Mm. And okay. because she did wasn't considered like a pick me girl, those who were kind of looked down on her in church spaces. And so she had to check herself because she realized one of the reasons that Aisha became problematic for her was not because of necessarily what Aisha was doing, but what Aisha reminded her of. Gotcha. That makes sense. And I think that is a real thing for people. And I think we have to like, and maybe we could do a whole show on this, how we observe people through our own trauma Mm -hmm. and how that affects like how we, we view Mm -hmm. them. Like, oh, you know, and, and going back to like the whole me dating a preach a young preacher, when I see a young preacher like in a relationship, I immediately wonder, is he being faithful? Yeah. <laughs> and that's just like because that's my own trauma. Right. Um, And so you have to like navigate that and try to separate. This is my this is an experience with a person. This is not an experience with everybody that does what this person does right. or that fits this mold. And that that's where the work is. That's where the talk through goes. That's where the separating goes. Yeah, there's uh, there's a degree, though, in all of it and everything that you just said, though. I think the thing that keeps the like reigning theme is like you got to be able to check yourself and you got to be mm-hmm. able to be honest with yourself, which I don't think that instinctively a lot of people can do i think we want to we are we're we're so quick to strive to be something and we want to be a certain way um we want to be confident all the time we want to be you know uh on all the time we want to have it together all the time and i think the (laughs) the truth of the matter is that we don't and Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're not and i don't think that it's realistic to ever expect yourself to be confident all to be those things all the time. I think it's 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 realistic to say that sometimes I am going to have a moment that is not me that mm-hmm. is not, you know, it doesn't it doesn't define me in totality. This in this moment I feel this way, I had this thing um and I, I just kind of got to acknowledge it. And I feel like if we were able to do that, then we're able to see more of like where she's coming from. And I think that again, I I, I don't, I, because I didn't see the whole, the entire interview. Cause I heard people say like, Oh, she talked about like being light skin and like what that meant. And apparently I guess she said something about like being mixed or whatever that made it appear that she was kind of like better off. Um, this is like something that I, I of course saw on the internet. So that's, uh, I mean, on social media. So it's like a whole nother thing of, I got to watch it to, 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 you know, to, to get that for myself. But I feel like if we are able to, if we're able to be honest with ourselves, you can kind of understand where she's coming from. I do think though, I was like, yo, this is actually why being super vulnerable in the day of being real is so tough because here's a moment where she was trying to, she was being super transparent about something that people wouldn't expect her to have. And whether, you know, she should have, 
you feel like she should have had it or not. This was actually like a real emotion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so to kind of criticize her for how she feels about herself (laughs) is a little like, like you're not allowed to be insecure because of what you have or who you with. Like, I can say that doesn't make, I, I feel like it's fair to be like, you know what? That don't make sense to me, but you know, who knows what she's going through, right? Like, I, I, I don't, it just seems. Ain't it crazy that we become what we hate when we haven't dealt with our trauma? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, it, it, it baffled me. It literally did baffle me. And it still does baffle me because this is something that I actually expected to be. I was like, oh, it's going to happen for a day. People are still talking about it. Like, I, Today, this morning, I actually got on Instagram and I saw, you know, like two more people post about it and and have a whole thing about, you know, it it doesn't make sense for her to to feel this way. Girl, you just had a kid. Shouldn't you be focused on your kid? Um, You know, why? And it was just kind of like, I mean, I I ain't never had kids, won't ever have kids. You know, I can't birth a child, but like, I think I, I've heard of, I remember my sister talking to me about like postpartum and how, because she knew about it, she knew what it was and people kind of prepared her for it. She didn't even realize that she was hypersensitive in certain situations because of it. Cause she was like looking for it and not realizing that it already came and she was actually living it. So she was like, wait, you know, I got to be mindful of this whole postpartum thing because I know it might come. And then she kind of morphs and becomes this way. And she's like, no, I don't have postpartum. No, I don't have postpartum because they defined it as all these things. And then once she, you know, got out of it and got back to her real self uh, or her normal, her regular self, she was able to say, oh, whoa, that's how it affected me. This was like my thing. And so it's like, she does have children. Maybe this is a result of that. You know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And I, and it's just, it's, it's crazy because it's like people have her mother-in-law who's obviously been married to Steph's dad for, uh, I think over like 35 years, something like that. Um, was saying that, you know, you have to love evolves through different stages. And at one point she didn't want to be Mrs. Curry. She wanted her own. She wanted to be independent enough to make her own money apart from him. She wanted to basically, she never said she wanted to be divorced, but she was like, I just don't want to be known or identified with him. Yeah. Um, I don't want my identity to be wrapped up into who I'm married to. And like, it's like, she said that, and it's like her saying that doesn't mean that her marriage wasn't solid. It just means that you could get attached to a person. I remember this is so crazy because it just made me think about in college, me and my best friend were always together. And at one point she was like, I got tired of them always being like, oh, where's Lisa? She's like hey like we're two separate people right. like you don't have to ask me about her every time you see me right um we are not connected at the hip I'm like that individual. you know like yeah i'm an individual yeah. and so it's not like anything was wrong or she disliked me or our friendship it's just like see me apart from our friendship and so 
I see think, me for who I am. That's yeah. I think yeah. That's ultimately it's see me for who I am, like not who yeah. I'm with. <laughs> yeah. So I think people have to understand that people have. Like they want to be identified as an individual. They want to know that people still value them and people still view them as an asset, not just the person they're connected to. And that's human and that's normal. But if you're living in a fantasy and you think this is all fantasy, you won't relate, I guess. Yes. So many of us are doing that. I think, <laughs> yeah, that's it. So many, so many people l- legit live their lives through social media, through something that is not, it's not real. And, and, and this is not like a, I don't mean to like, you know, like bag on social media because there's a lot of great things that come, come out of it. But I think we have to be, we have to constantly remind ourselves that, it's not real. It's just not. It's not, you know, it's a part of your life, but it, it it's not, it doesn't represent the fullness of you all the time. Um, it doesn't represent you when you just wake up and you don't look, you know, your face is puffy and you don't look as good. It don't, it don't uh, represent you when, you know, your beard is matted to your face in the morning and you haven't like combed it out. So it's like thick and lush. Like it, there's, there's, there's things that happen and it doesn't represent all of those things. And I think in the, in the space of like Isha Curry, that was a moment of her talking about something that is not the representative that she puts out all the time. And whether, you know, it was hypocritical or not, that was her authentic feeling. And I think it's just a little ill of people to kind of go in on her, about all of these things that she never said <laughs> mm-hmm. and all of these things that, you know, in thinking that she said it or saying like, well, she was close to saying it. She said it without saying it feels like, you know, I think that you can criticize her by way of, well, you're putting out two different things or you're not thinking about maybe what you're doing is kind of adding to you feeling that way. I think there's one way to criticize her as opposed to just being like, she's not happy with her marriage and, you know, she, she crazy, you know, she wants something more than like perfection and and then all of this crazy stuff that was just like, I don't think y'all really trying. And I think she, I think that's a moment when you do got to protect yourself from the internet because it literally just takes somebody to get one thing and interpret it one way. And, and, and it kind of boils and blows over until something bigger. And based on what you said about it, I, I can imagine that this probably made her anxiety even higher. Like, yeah, I'm like, God, <laughs> no, I can't even just say said she <laughs> is, she's uh, at taking medicine to regulate her anxiety because she was having extreme panic attacks. And then y'all just go and, Go straight for the juggle. I'm like, guys, oh my gosh. I was concerned about her. I was like, is she gonna be all right? Um Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, man, people and then if she was to have like self harm and not be here anymore, everybody would be like, Oh my God, you know, she was such an amazing you know, you right. know how the pendulum yeah, swings. She's, she's so amazing and it was so nice. She was the perfect mom and the perfect Christian. She had the perfect body and I desired her. Like, what? <laughs> Y'all gotta stop, man. Y'all gotta yeah, stop. It really, it really has to stop. It's to the point, like, with social media, and I know a large part of my career is because of what I've been able to do 
on social media. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I, I celebrate it in that aspect. But it's to the point where I rarely comment on anything because I just feel like people take stuff way out of context. Yeah. Like, I just feel like I, I go to tweet sometimes and I'd be like, you know what? Somebody can really take that out of context. And I just delete it. I got or say that it's a draft and never go back. Cause I was like, is it worth the energy that to put this out? Yeah. Not, not to, to dive back into this, but it's actually kind of sad to do that though, because I found myself one of the reasons that I think I never really got into Twitter. Um, I mean, I got into Twitter in terms of reading stuff, but not really engaging is because I was very conscious of that. I was always very conscious of like the interpretations of what I was saying. And I was listening to a Ted talk and essentially they had basically talked about having all of these, uh, these like restrictions on yourself mm-hmm. and limiting your, limiting your ability to share you with the world. I'll even say even starting brunch culture, like, a lot of in the very beginning, I was super conscious about what I was saying. Like I was super conscious about how I was saying it. And I wanted to make sure that it came across right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think a part of that is just kind of naturally who I am. A part of that is just like, you know, you're in a space where you don't know what can happen. And so, you know, it's, it's your, it's the work that you're putting out. You want it to be good and you want people to, you know, you want to make sure it's a good representation of your abilities, but you also want to make sure people like it. But I think that's just limiting, though, right? I feel like you mm-hmm. you kind of shoot yourself in the foot because you were so worried with about like, well, I don't want this person to say this, and I don't know how this is going to land, and I don't know, and I don't know. I think, you know, certain things, obviously, if you're being, like, extremely disrespectful to a group of people, like, okay, I mean, that's one thing. But even in that, it's like, if that is you, be you. Honestly, I ain't got to like it. And you put it in a public forum so I can comment on it. Um, but I think it's it's just it's sad, though, because it's, it's super limiting. And the, in the podcast, uh, another podcast that I was listening to, clearly I listen to a lot of podcasts, but <laughs> I was listening to another podcast. And essentially this one guy, he's a comedian. He kind of talked about him doing it. He talked about him kind of getting his uh, rise to, you know, building his following from Twitter because of the things that he said. And it took one time for somebody to uh, go in on his, a tweet of his, and he actually stopped being that active on Twitter as a result of it. Cause it was like, I don't know. I guess it's, again, it's that trauma of, I don't know if I say something, how people are going to respond to it. And it's like, that's crazy because that's actually what that's what builds you. And then that's what can tear you down. Like it builds you up because you say stuff that a lot of people like. And then it tears you down because it's like, yo, when you say something that people may misinterpret. And and, and I'm, I'm saying this in the space of stuff that's not like overtly disrespectful to somebody else. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm because I feel like that's a thing in itself. Like, of course. But if you're just saying something, it's like, maybe I was ignorant. Maybe I said the wrong thing. I don't know. Maybe I was just on one for a day. You put it out there and literally people hold you to that thing. And it's like, well, I mean, I kind of got it. But uh, I just think it sucks that that's the thing. And and, and, I, and I I know it all too well because I literally I'll go on Twitter and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to like really get on this Twitter thing and I'm just going to make it happen. And I'll be like, what do I say? <laughs> and I'm super opinionated like i got opinions about a lot of stuff right because i think about a lot of stuff and I, I analyze a lot of stuff but i don't engage with that because i'm like i don't really 
having I used to spend a lot of time arguing with people on Facebook. <laughs> Gosh, thank God for growth. <laughs> and I remember I remember how draining and frustrating it used to be for me because I was really trying to get them to see. And then I remember realizing at some point in time, yo, I'm wasting my time for real because this person is arguing with me for the sake of an argument. They actually don't really care to get it. So what am I doing? <laughs> like, why am I wasting my time? And I once I stopped that, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to do this no more. I don't really want to sit here and argue with you all day because why? What What's coming out of it? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen, <laughs> I, I don't want to argue with nobody on social media. And that's why when that dude put that tweet to my Jada was mine, I said, you know what? All right. Right. Cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I ain't even going to say cool. I'm just going to be like, oh, okay, I saw it. Moving on. Right. Yeah. So it is It is what it is. I mean, yeah, it's just people will take everything you say out of context. You'd be like, what? I didn't even like mean that at all. Like right. That was so far from my mind. I don't know how you got that. But you got to be a yoga is. instructor because that's a reach. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So y'all tell tell us what y'all think about yeah Aisha Curry hashtag chat BC and we'll be back with our toast or roast. Right, all right, we're back, and it is time for our toast or roast. Uh, this week, I have a toast that is going to definitely show my age. Um, it's going to show my age, but also, hopefully, it shows my musical influence. So this week, I am toasting to Miss Anita Baker. Um, you know, so I, of course, I grew up listening to Anita Baker's music from my mom, from my aunt, uh, there's so many older people in my life that just loved, you know, Anita Baker. And I remember like enjoying her voice and being like, Oh, this is real calming. Like this is good. You know, and the music sounds good and all of that good stuff. But, um, this past week I've really been on listening to her old albums. Um, and actually songs that I don't even remember ever hearing, which I'm sure maybe I heard it because somebody's probably playing it, but I hadn't listened to it. And for whatever reasons, yeah, I just kind of got on Anika, Anita Baker. I was talking to a friend that was saying that she has a residency in Vegas over the next month and, you know, we should get a flight to go see it. And I was like, yo, I'm down. And um, I started listening to a couple of songs and then it just started downloading the albums. And I've just really been on it. Anita Baker puts me in this space of when music was really, really talking about something like it was like it puts you in a mood. It's like a vibe. You know how people say like Solange albums are like vibe music. Like you get into a certain vibe and it's like, okay, that's what you Well, doing. everyone but the last one, apparently. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> the last one, the last one, it still puts I'm just, you in I'm just being <laughs> like, I didn't even listen does. to it, but apparently it was <laughs> too deep for everybody. I was like, yeah, it, it kind of does. But yeah, like it, it's like, it, it's that it's that space. Like it, it sends you down the you know, the memory lane of a certain emotion or it's just, it just feels good. Even if you're not connecting with it on like a, you know, a relationship path relationship level, the music just feels good. And 
So I'm toasting to Anita Baker. I'm toasting to uh, timeless music. I'm toasting to legit music that I'm listening to. And I'm like, yo, when I get a kid, I'll be able to play this music for my kid. And I know they're going to feel it, right? Even if they can't understand the words, it's just like the music of it. Like, there's live instruments in here. I can hear horns. Like, I hear... And her voice is just is real solid. So I'm toasting to Anita Baker. If y'all, I hope everybody that listens to our show knows who Anita Baker is. But if you don't, go to your streaming service and type in Anita Baker. You're welcome. Um, uh, Caught up in the rapture love. I'm yeah. not even going to mess up her song by trying to sing it. La, 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 la. But yeah, if even if you have, just it's, take a moment to go uh, check out Anita Baker. Like just any any album cut that you haven't heard, and I guarantee you're gonna enjoy it. And that's my toast for this week. She's amazing. Yeah. So I want to toast um, Karen Civil. Um, it, we are huge fans of Karen Civil. We've t- mentioned her several times. She did an interview uh, with this um, uh, on this platform called The Come Up, and I was just really encouraged by it because she was talking about how you know her as being a woman in a male-dominated field how like a lot of her advice sometimes gets overlooked Mm. and you know I have my own quarrels with some of the men in the field that I'm in and the stuff that I have to deal with so just hearing her talk about it and how she was basically like she had to get this resolved like I don't care like you cannot take my advice but you're going to come back around because I know my stuff um and it's like she was like they always come back because at the end of the day i know what i'm talking about and i work really hard and she was like and she even said something that i was like oh you know that's really mature she was like you know even when they come back around i'm not the person that say i told you so i'm just like well now you see and let's do this work and so (laughs) (laughs) that's really uh, i know right i was like that's 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 your being on your grown woman yeah um but she was like you know she it took her a while to get there and like she just she's like you know you're gonna respect me because my work is just so dynamic and it just was encouraging to me um as a woman being in a male-dominated field to just continue to just I, keep shooting your shot keep doing your work keep doing it in excellence and those naysayers don't worry about it you know just keep going that's so shout out to Kevin, Karen Civil for that dope interview. It was extremely, extremely encouraging. Um, and, you know, I have mad respect for her. And I'm, I know it's a hard time for her because Mac Miller was one of her best friends. Wow. And and um, so he died. And then Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle. Hussle was yeah. her business partner. So man, I didn't even know that. I was like, man, that's a lot um, to lose. So. Shout out to her, though. Um, so that's my toast. Uh, I want to leave y'all with today. We want to leave. We want to leave y'all with today's good vibe. I don't know why I'm stuttering. Today's <laughs> good vibe is um, really is a series of kind of chopped up thoughts. It says not seeing results, feel like giving up. Consider this: the last thing to grow on a fruit tree is the fruit, and that's so simple, but it's like so powerful because sometimes we're doing a lot and not seeing results. And then it's like at one day it's just like it all blooms. And that's why people think like people are overnight success. It's like, nah, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> right. You just saw it. You just saw it. Um, so Dope. that's encouragement for us. That's what's up. Yeah. So 
as always, guys, we appreciate you guys. That's going to wrap up our show. We appreciate you guys for uh, listening to our show, for following us, for rocking with us here at Brunch Culture. Um, yep. This year is actually a milestone for us because we will be coming up on five years, which is wow. weird, 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 weird. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, seriously, I guess it's crazy, but it's an amazing thing. We definitely appreciate you guys. We would not be able to do this if it wasn't for people that consistently listen to us. Shout out to the people that listen to us all over the globe. Actually, looking, I was looking at the statistics the other day and I was like, yo, we got listeners like in like the UK and stuff like this is like, what people? Wow. Like, how did you find us? Like, what? what happened? Bring us over there, y'all. Yeah. The UK fam. Hey, please do that. We, you know, we're down for that. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and anywhere podcasts. You can listen to podcasts, leave us some comments, yo, good, bad, indifferent, definitely the good, uh, leave us some comments uh, on, <laughs> on iTunes. You can check out our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. And we're on Twitter at brunch culture and on Instagram at brunch underscore culture. Hit us up. Let us know what you guys think about the show. Engage with us. Uh, Lisa actually be on our social media a lot, y'all. So you're like, yeah, Pro- shout out to Lisa because <laughs> honestly, um, you know, I'm inconsistent and I'm a failure. And this is you're why not I'm a failure. This, this is, is not. This is the, just, co- the commitment is thing. hard. Yeah, the commitment is so hard. It's like I was out somewhere the other day and I was like, yo, the reason I'm single is because I can't deal with this type of commitment. Like, why you forced me into this commitment? I think I was checking out somewhere and they had put the tip. They like committed me to pay the tip. And I was like, wait, <laughs> like I get, I get anxiety. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm single because this commitment thing is just not for me. I'm just playing. Well, not really. But anyway, so <laughs> y'all hit us up. We're looking forward to talking to you. Remember here, as always, everything at, on Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion. <laughs>